It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We welcome you to another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell, and away we go with a midweek episode of LOR. We have a couple of news items. Let's get into it uh, quickly and cover as much as we possibly can. So we'll start with Adrian Peterson, uh, and then we'll get to something, a couple of things that Tony Pauline, uh, a longtime college draft insider type who's got some NFL connections and um, reports a lot of things. I'm not sure exactly how many of them actually turn out to be true, uh, but everybody's all up in a lather uh, about what he's reporting. <coughs> so we will um, get to that as well. Uh, some new information on Jordan Reed. So we've got a lot to cover on this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. So On Wednesday morning, it became official what really shouldn't have even been a question, and that was that Adrian Peterson's 2020 contract offer uh, option uh, was picked up by the Washington Redskins. So here's the deal. Um, Look, of course, you could have made an argument that at 35 years old, there was really no need to have Adrian Peterson if you're trying to go young. And I do get that to some degree. Every team's trying to go young. But what you have to have is enough veteran leadership and enough savvy in your room on your offense and defense to balance things out So that young, inexperienced guys don't have to carry and shoulder the load by themselves. And that's exactly what Adrian Peterson is. So there was, let's back up a little bit. John Kime wrote a couple of weeks ago, which kind of set everybody off that they had this contract option. I think most people just thought, and and maybe I did too, I can't remember Uh, that it was just a two-year contract, not realizing it was a team option for the second year. So then you had Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com, who over the weekend penned a piece looking at, you know, basically uh, team cuts and labeled Adrian Peterson as a potential surprise cut. 
So there were some people that were wondering whether or not Adrian Peterson was going to get released by the Washington Redskins. And not only for the leadership that I just talked about, Adrian has been exemplary in this area. Um, He just has been. Maybe he wasn't earlier in his career uh, when he was kind of sulking at times, maybe when he was a little more self-absorbed. He's been, as far as everything I know, he's been the modern, you know, like just perfect example of what you would ask for a player with great reverence for many others, opponents, in the locker room, everything. And a guy who is still productive. And the bottom line is this. When you can match the leadership and the example with still production and staying healthy and taking care of your body and doing all the things that Adrian Peterson has done. He won the MVP award. He won this, uh, not the MVP award. He won the offensive MVP uh, back in 2018 for the team. He won the media good guy award this year. He won the NFL Rooney sportsmanship. When you have a guy who is still pretty good and can be a leader and can be an example for the Darius Geises and for Bryce Love and, and all those guys. And and not to mention just those guys. It's not just those guys. It's everyone. It's everyone on both sides, but especially on offense. When you have that, that's a important thing for the Redskins to be able to count on and depend on that you know that Adrian Peterson is going to be a guy that people can go to as you're trying to establish this culture, which has clearly been missing. You need guys like Adrian Peterson, Jonathan Allen, probably Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Landon Collins, guys of that ilk. Guys that have been largely unselfish here and more about the team than probably themselves or at least on the surface more 50-50 about the team and themselves right and, and because everybody's ultimately trying to protect themselves and their jobs and their money and their career and their legacy and all that stuff but at least when it comes to certain people you feel like you know what the way they're acting, the way they're holding themselves, the way they're talking, the way they're performing, the way they're doing the little things, the intangibles, as they say, it appears that this guy cares just as much about winning and doing it the right way as he does about getting the most amount of stats and therefore making the most amount of money. And that's Adrian Peterson. So, In this final year, or in 2019, this past year, I should say, he was a team captain. Of course, he was benched the first game of the season. That that's a decision that Jay Gruden is just, you know, I'm sure he would still defend it, but boy, that did not sit well with a lot of people, from my understanding. And it obviously triggered an 0-5 start, even though they played well in that first half against Philadelphia. They just ran out of gas, especially when Darius Geis was banged up. And they couldn't move the football at all on offense in the second half. Um, and they lost, and they were 0-5, and Jay got fired. And, you know, everybody on Adrian Peterson's end kind of celebrated uh, because 
you know, like Jay didn't want really anything to do with Adrian Peterson even after Darius Geis got hurt and AP was the number one back again. It was a very limited role. So, you know, AP was frustrated about that. But the difference is he's got a right to be frustrated about that, in my opinion. And I think in most people's opinion, and certainly in the locker room's opinion. Uh, So he had 211 rushing attempts, 898 rushing yards last year, and five rushing touchdowns. Uh, Look, not as good as he did in 2018. But again, he was the unquestioned workhorse in 2018 because Darius Geis was out for the entire year. Never even got past the first preseason game. And then Samaj P. Ryan went down. So they had to depend on Adrian Peterson. And they were trying to make Alex Smith's transition as easy as possible. Not only was he learning a new offense, but quite honestly, he's not one of these guys in general, unless he's in the perfect situation and with great talent around him, that's going to throw for 300 yards. And that's exactly what happened. So they depended on Adrian Peterson a little bit more. He's a seven-time pro bowler, first-team all-pro four times, second-team all-pro three times, three-time rushing leader, uh, NFL MVP in 2012, and that was after tearing his ACL December 24, 2011, a game that I covered and a game that I was at when he was tackled by a guy named Dejan Gomes at FedEx Field. Yeah. I, like, there is nothing about this that should surprise anybody. There is nothing about this that was even questionable in my mind. Here's the problem. What we don't know is what's going to be around him. Darius Geis, we assume, is going to be finally be able to stay healthy, but how do we assume that when he's been hurt? significantly three different times in two years and he's missed what 28 out of 32 games potentially I mean unfortunately that's just the reality of the situation he says he's healthy but until he starts playing football and he can actually stay healthy for three games or more I don't know how you can count on him Chris Thompson's a free agent I'm not sure if Chris Thompson's going to be back maybe he's back on a one-year deal you know a very short term I I don't see it, but maybe. Uh, and Bryce Love is a, I mean, even though last year was technically his rookie year, he hasn't played a single down, not only in the regular season, he didn't play a single down in training camp or in the preseason. So he is essentially as raw as raw could be. And on top of that, there are some murmurs. There are some rumblings. Um you know, I, 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 let me see how I can put this. I, I mean, I heard something people were, were kind of expressing some concern, but Chad Dukes, 1067, the fan of JP Finley, NBC Sports Washington, basically were the first two to mention that it's possible from what they're hearing that love might not be ready to go and may not be able to play again. I don't know that. I don't know if it's that severe. I mean, I heard, again, something of like, hey, they better make sure that they have a a plan, you know, because of that. But I wasn't even sure exactly how to take that at that time. You know, I was kind of wondering if that was just being, you know, kind of conservative in nature. But it appears, it appears that there is some concern over love being able to return for the start of this year or maybe ever.
We don't know. So the bottom line is, is Adrian Peterson is back. I think it's a great move for the Redskins. I think it's the only move you have to make. I think it's a common sense decision. The problem is, is in the past, common sense decisions weren't always made. Sometimes they were made. They weren't always made. And this is what happens, even if it backfires, this is what happens when you have a real adult in charge. And you can take that any way you want, but this is what happens when you have a real adult in charge of the football operations. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Tony Pauline stirring the pot, stirring the pot a little bit. Plus, Jordan Reed, an update on him next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we continue along on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell, uh, and wanted to get to this. couple of things here. Uh, Tony Pauline from ProFootballNetwork.com. ProFootballNetwork.com. I think their Twitter handle is at PFN365, I believe it is. Um, he was doing a mailbag. And Tony Pauline, in case you don't know, he's been around the draft for a long, long, long time. Um He's a guy with a lot of reports and a lot of scuttlebutt and a lot of whispers, and I'm not sure how much of them actually turn out to be true. I mean, I can tell you this much. It's not Adam Schefter, and it's not Ian Rappaport. Uh, it's not Mike Garofolo. It's not Jay Glazer. Uh, it's not Tom Pelissaro. I can tell you that much. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I mean, Tony seems like he works hard and like he knows some people and he hears a bunch of things. The question is, is, is what he hears being flushed out. So a couple of things uh, here, and he's had some reports on this and some updates on this, but here's the latest in his mailbag, right? And he's, again, had pro previous reports saying that Ron Rivera loves Chase Young. So he said, quote, not only does Ron Rivera love Chase Young, but owner Dan Snyder wants Young to wind up in D.C. It seems unanimous the owner and the coach are on the same page on drafting Young at this point. All right, so that's good, right, that the owner, who they said would only be brought in basically to break a tie when there was, like, no other option, that Dan Snyder is kind of enamored with Chase Young, and who could blame him? A, he's the best defensive player, you know, in the draft, and I don't think there's much of an argument there. And B, he's from Southern Maryland, right? So he's another hometown kid that they can market as part of the turnaround of this organization. Uh, Haskins, of course, from Southern Maryland as well, and both Ohio State products. So you get that maybe Ohio State contingent that follows these guys, and maybe they become Redskins fans because uh, along with Terry McLaurin, Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young, now you're building you know, basically what you were building with Alabama. Now, I don't, the, the fan base from Alabama didn't exactly give two you-know-whats about Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Sean Dion Hamilton and Cam Sims and all these guys, Pierce Bacher, all coming over from Alabama. So you're probably not going to get an uptick that way, but 
But, I mean, clearly, whenever you pick on these programs, right, uh, you get premier talent. Because why? Premier talent goes to those particular universities. So the Redskins are building a little mini farm, if you will, it seems, uh, for Ohio State products. Haskins, again, McLaurin, uh, and now potentially Chase Young. Again, it shouldn't be a surprise that they like Chase Young. The question is still whether they trade out of that spot, and that's what we don't know. We don't know who's going to knock their socks off, if anybody's going to knock their socks off. We just don't know. We just don't know. Um... And I would still say, no matter how much you love Chase Young, if you get three first-round picks from the Miami Dolphins, you take that. You just do. Because you're just increasing. I mean, yes, you might be bypassing a generational talent. You might be. But there's no definite, absolute, surefire way to prove that. Not when you have to make that decision. What happens if Chase Young can't stay healthy on the NFL level? I mean, it's happened. Happens all the time. So that's one. And there's another scenario that I've mentioned on the radio, uh, and maybe we'll get back to this as time allows, that's kind of a wackadoo theory, if I'm being honest. Uh, But I do think it has some, some merit. Now, Pauline also said, quote, I made mention during the Draft Insiders podcast, whatever that is, uh, the belief is Trent Williams is likely to return to the Redskins since they've cleaned house. A source told me outright Williams will return to Washington because of Ron Rivera. Listen, I think it goes without saying that the the odds dramatically increased when Ron Rivera took over. And not that I don't think Trent had anything against Jay Gruden, at least that I'm aware of. It was all against Bruce Allen and Larry Hess. And, you know, we all knew that when Ron Rivera was hired that there would at least stand a chance that Trent Williams could come back and could bury the hatchet. We all knew that that was at least a possibility. And now it appears to be more than a possibility. Of course, they met uh, or they talked on the phone last week. They were supposed to meet in person. We don't know if that's happened or not. I haven't been able to crack that code uh, because it's kind of been hush-hush. And I think they want to keep it that way. Um, The question becomes is, again, whether they guarantee a, a big portion of the 2020 salary and just leave the extension alone and just absorb the number that they already have rolled into the cap? Or do they want an extension so that Trent Williams doesn't become a free agent next year, which certainly you can see. Uh, Again, me, I would advise against it, but I'm also ultra, 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 ultra conservative when it comes to giving guys long-term deals. I, I just think, like... If if you give Trent Williams a long-term multi-year extension, certainly it might work out for the first year or two. It might. But what happens on the back end in terms of injury, in terms of drop-off in play? I mean, we all know. We've all talked about this. Trent's 31 years old. He's been through. His body's been through a lot. He's got the two suspensions. Uh, you know, and and... and he hadn't played football in a year and a half, and he's a recovering cancer patient. 
So can you go that far, that hard? I, I can't. They probably will be able to. They probably will. Uh, I don't agree with that, but I, it, it's hard to kill them for it. It's just one of those deals that I don't agree with, and I think they better be served letting Trent Williams play out this year and then take your chances with re-signing him when you know more, when you have more data. And if you lose him, you lose him. You're going to lose him anyway. But at least this way, you kind of protect yourself a little bit. You kind of protect yourself a little bit uh, if you just stay to this year. Now, you, you could also trade them, which, you know, seems to be like the last resort and the last option and the last thing they want to do. But here's what I would say. Cleveland Browns need a left tackle. Greg Robinson stunk. Uh, the former number two overall pick. And on Wednesday, he got arrested along with a couple of henchmen with 157 pounds of marijuana in his car uh, in El Paso, Texas. So uh, good night, Irene. Uh, you will probably not hear from him again. And Bill Callahan, as we know, is up in Cleveland. And if it looks like they're going to franchise tag Brandon Sheriff and get a deal done long-term with Eric Flowers, how much can you dedicate and put in to the basket of Trent Williams when he hasn't played in a year and a half. And you don't even know if he can comfortably wear a helmet yet. That's the other mitigating factor, the other weird factor. I'm sure everybody will forget that because they just do. And maybe that whole thing was a little bit of an act. I don't believe it was a total act, maybe a little bit. But I don't believe it was a complete just dog and pony show just to try and get Bruce Allen mad. And if it was, it failed. Not that he wasn't mad, but he didn't do anything about it. All right, so that's the whole Trent Williams situation. And, you know, again, Cleveland could really use a left tackle, and they think they're one player away from putting Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, and... Uh, the rest of those guys, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Joel Batonio, Jarvis Landry, oh, over the top. And that could be Trent Williams. They could be willing to pay a first-round pick. They could be willing to pay a second-round pick, a high second-round pick, maybe multiple picks. So I think that's something you have to strongly consider, especially because Bill Callahan is up there. All right. A final word on Jordan Reed, and then we'll say goodbye on the Locked on Redskins podcast. That's next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Jordan Reed, according to Ben Standig of The Athletic in D.C., first reporting this, we had heard that uh, the timeline was kind of inching closer uh, that he was still in concussion protocol, according to Ron Rivera, over the weekend. And then 
Uh, now, according to Standing of The Athletic, and he's great, uh, he's been cleared, meaning Jordan Reed. So I guess that's where we're at in terms of that. Now, they could have released him, uh, I guess, before he cleared. Uh, the rules are real wonky uh, on this. But here's one thing that I wrote about at redskinsreport.com, and nobody really cares because it's it, it it's quite honestly almost like a technicality, but it is important. So there's a five-step procedure, according to the official NFL website, that talks about all of this stuff called PlaySmartPlaySafe.com. And it's the NFL Player Health and Safety uh, Division, and they have all sorts of resources and all sorts of good information on concussions and protocol and injuries in general. And here's the deal that I'm confused on. If anybody can clear it up, please, by all means. So Jordan Reed, there's a five-step process to clearing a concussion, right? Number one, rest and recovery. Obviously, he's had plenty of that. Number two, light aerobic exercise. So it says, under direct oversight of the team's medical staff, the player should begin graduated cardiovascular exercise and may also engage in dynamic stretching and balance training. Now, again, we assume that Jordan Reed is with team doctors, with team trainers right now. He can work out and... And, and, and kind of, you know, be monitored by them is my understanding. But that's just in the weight room. And I'm not even sure how that is exactly administered. It's a, it's a very gray area with the CBA during this time of the year. The third step is continued aerobic exercise and introduction of strength training. It says the, the player continues with supervised cardiovascular activities uh, that are increased and may mimic sports-specific activities and supervised strength training is introduced. So again, maybe he's doing that, maybe he's doing well. Step four, football-specific activities. Here's what it writes, uh, what it says. Quote, the player continues cardiovascular strength and balance training and participates in non-contact football activities such as throwing, catching, running, and other position-specific activities. So, I mean, if you're putting Jordan Reed at tight end, how do you not have position-specific activities be basically engaging in a blocking scenario with a 300-pound guy who's quick twitch? How do you do that? I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Step four. <laughs> you know, like, like here's the thing. He can't line up and practice football. You can throw and catch and run routes. That, that's not the position. It's not the position. It's not firing off the line and engaging in a block and, and cracking, you know, bodies. I, it's a loose description, quite honestly. And step five is 
you have to get full clearance by the team physician for full football activity involving contact. So they're saying step five is involving contact. Step four, non-contact, right? But step five, you've got to get clearance by the team physician for that, meaning he can't he can't test himself out right now with full football activity. So we're, we're just clearing him for football activity. We don't know if he can actually do it or not. It's just kind of weird. It's kind of twisted. Uh, there's an independent neurologist uh, consultant that obviously have to, has to be worked into the mix here. It's just like like during the football season, it's a little less strange because the team is practicing. You can put him out on the practice field, even though I think it's kind of crazy that, you know, we ask a player who's dealing with a concussion, who's recovering from a concussion to just, you know, after we clear them, that's when they practice. Now, that makes sense, obviously. you got to clear somebody to fully practice. But to me, there's got to be more in that step four area. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. Because I don't think you're playing the position and doing what you need to do if you're just running a ghost route. That doesn't make sense to me. So maybe that's a little too much in the woods. But it seems odd that the Redskins and the NFL were able to clear Jordan Reed from concussion protocol like recently without being able to put him into a full practice. And unless he was, you know, doing something else that we just don't know about and they were able to skirt the rules somehow, that is the only way I could think of. But that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like the Jordan Reed that I got to know. I can't say definitively, but it doesn't seem like the Jordan Reed that I definitively got to know. All right, so that's going to do it for us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Have yourself a great, great weekend if we don't talk before then. Um, we should be back with another episode on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.